Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Kettleman You Podcast. I have Llewellyn with me, and I am so excited to talk about her new book and talk a little bit about mental health in agriculture, which is not a strange topic for any of us. We are hearing a ton about it, and I'm excited to kind of dive into that. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's very good to be here today. Why don't you start and just give us a little bit about your background and a little bit about why you are so passionate about this topic? Sure. Um, So I am a farmer from Angusville, Manitoba. We grain farm here, mostly wheat and canola, some oats. We farm with my sister-in-law, my nephew and his girlfriend and my mother-in-law and my husband and I have two kids. So we have a bit of a crew here. It's a good team. And yeah, so we're just in seeding right now. It's a busy, busy time um, putting the crop in, but um, it's rainy day today. So we're getting a little bit of a break. So I grew up on a farm and I actually grew up not far from here, like half an hour from here. And it was also a grain farm. But as a child, I kind of like resented the farm for just how busy it was and how much work there was. And there was just seemed like there was no time for anything and uh, just felt like we worked all the time. And so I didn't really enjoy farm life. I really struggled with it uh, a lot. And so when I was 12, I dealt with a pretty bad episode of depression and I was really struggling to kind of find my footing. And so it it kind of was hard for me to love the farm. I eventually moved away when I turned 18. I packed up and I left and I became a reporter. Uh, I went to school and I got my media production diploma and I worked as a reporter for a few years and I really loved it. And then I married a man who was a farmer and moved back to the farm. And so I struggled with all of the same things. I really wanted to be with him and I really wanted to um, move back to the farm and, and try and take on a different perspective. And, and so I did that. I did find a way to love the farm life, but it was a long kind of process for me. And so I wrote a book recently just about my experiences because I think that a lot of people can relate to that, that, you know, I, I love the farm, but I resent it sometimes. And there's a lot of great things about farm life, but there's a lot of things that really challenge me. And so um, I always felt bad about it. And I always had a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that I felt that way. And I don't think that we necessarily need to kind of hold that on our shoulders. So that's why I wanted to write this book. I wanted to write a book to kind of help people understand that, yeah, things are challenging and and there's a lot of things we can do to deal with those challenges, but that doesn't mean that we have to feel shame or guilt if we have those feelings. We all kind of have that sometimes too. So, Yeah, what an incredible story. 
One of the things that I noticed right away in your story was you talked about you were 12 years old when you went through kind of your first bout of depression. And I think that's a challenging topic for a lot of people in agriculture to even think about is that there are kids on operations who are being impacted by the decisions that we are making to feed everyone else. And, you know, it's really hard because I think one, mental health is a topic that can be challenging in general, right? But mental health and kids. And I think a lot of people feel ill-equipped they don't really know, they don't know the signs, the symptoms, kind of all of that. And I hope that someone listening just, you know, is paying attention to the kids in their life and paying attention to some changes because it does start much earlier than I think society allows us to think. Yeah, it completely does. And and you're totally right. We have to be really careful and really watching on our, our kids because I was the kind of kid who really never opened up and never talked about what was going on. And I kind of bottled everything up. So really, um, nobody would have known what was going on, even with me. And so um, I think that is a good reminder that sometimes, you know, we kind of assume that our kids are very resilient and nothing bothers them. But and sometimes that's the case, but sometimes it's not the case. And so you're right. We have to be very kind of hyper aware of what's going on and and really pay attention and ask the right questions too, right? 100%. One of the things that I think has changed really is the lack of community in rural America. And it seems as if you know, when my dad was a kid, he would talk about like they they had very set schedules to get community for rural America, right? They went to church every Sunday. They went in on Wednesdays and did X, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever. And it's almost we've lost a little bit of that footing in some of our community events that I think is really needed in agriculture. It's it's 15 miles from the closest neighbor, or, you know, I haven't left the ranch in 45 days. And I think actually some of those things are pretty concerning because we need the community and we need that aspect. And so when we talk about mental health, how do we get community back if we sort of have removed ourselves or it's been removed from our area? Because I think having people to lean on, having people to check on you, all of that is so important. And I, I feel like in a lot of places in rural America, that's missing. I completely agree with you. I think that it is really easy, like you said, to sometimes not leave the ranch for 45 days. And especially when you're busy. I mean, it's not that maybe we intentionally do it, Sometimes it's just the work that keeps us there, but sometimes maybe we do intentionally do it too, because you get used to doing that, right? And you don't make an effort of going somewhere or seeing people. I think that you're right. A lot of community things that traditionally we used to see in the past has gone to the wayside. I think there's a a couple of things to blame for that. So the first I would say was COVID because we eliminated everything off of our schedule. (laughs) And so we're slowly bringing things back now. I think the second thing though, is the birth of these iPhones in our hands, right? We're connected with people all the time, but it is through our devices. And so we aren't getting the face-to-face 
transactions, if you want to call them connections, whatever you want to call them. We're not getting the face-to-face things that we so dearly need. And so I think that you are right. We have to actually strive to get those face-to-face connections and community back. And so maybe that means planning a night out once a month or once a week. Uh, And maybe it also means planning things in our community, not just for ourselves, but for the rest of our community um, to get together. Maybe it's a family fun night or maybe it's a ball game or maybe it's a fundraiser of some sort. And those are great. But you're right. I think that we have to be kind of alert to how often we are connecting with people and sometimes we don't even realize we're not doing it. So the first step is just kind of recognizing it and then also just looking for those opportunities. So maybe it's just going to the grocery store or maybe it is going to church or maybe it's doing something else. But I think if you look for those opportunities and try and work them in, it is definitely better for everyone and for our communities. We have really gotten, I think COVID, you're right. I really, in this world after COVID, we can order our groceries online. We can check into hotels without ever talking to the front desk. I mean, there are a lot of ways that we can avoid connection with people. And so one thing I want you to talk a little bit about if you feel comfortable, but what are the signs or the feelings that we you know, something has shifted, whether it be we've entered a season, um, both internally. So what should we look for for ourselves, And then what should we be observing in other people that are what I always call in business, the smoke alarms, don't let the whole house burn down. What should be alarming the smoke alarm, both in ourself and when we're looking at our family or our employees or our children? Do you have some things we can pay attention to? Yeah, I would say a smoke alarm would definitely be because I noticed this with myself. But uh, like if you're doing something that you would normally find enjoyment in and you're not, I would say that is an alarm right there. Also, if you're feeling just like not doing anything, I mean, it's okay to have periods of we want to be alone. And we want some downtime. But if you're feeling like not doing anything for a long period of time and you just have no motivation to do anything, I mean, that would be a pretty big alarm too. So recognizing that in yourself, but also recognizing that in someone else. Also, if you're really short-fused and have no patience, when we get overwhelmed, sometimes we feel overloaded and, and we don't have the capacity to kind of deal with anything extra. So if you're noticing that someone is really short fused, you might just, you know, want to reach out to them and say, like, I know that you're, you're having a hard time with everything that's going on. Is there something that, you know, could help? Are you a ranch wife, mother, daughter, or solo entrepreneur? Do you sometimes feel like you're walking your path alone? We see you and we are you. Creating a passionate, proactive community of ranch women has been our main goal here at Cattlemen U. We're accepting new members for Cattlemen U membership this June from the 26th through the 29th, with doors opening on June 25th for those on the wait list. 
Membership is perfect for you or any ranch women who wants to be a part of a community of movers and shakers. Not only that, but Cattleman U members get first access to all Cattleman U in-person events this fall and the summer of 2024. Sign up for the waitlist today at cattlemanulive.com backslash join and get 20% off when you become a member. I think sometimes our fear is with mental health is that they're going to put us on meds, right? You hear people say that. I don't want to go to the doctor because they're immediately going to give us some meds and I don't want to be on meds. And there is other solutions other than prescriptions. And so how do we get over the fear as an industry in agriculture of going to the doctor or talking to a professional? How do we start to change the narrative that that is what is normal and not having someone to support you is actually abnormal? Because I do think we have to have this shift where we go through seasons where we have, you know, someone who's off the ranch, who's listening, who's a professional. And, you know, you listen to industry leaders, not just in agriculture, but in general, people that I follow, especially on social media. And, you know, therapy to them is very cultural. Like they're going to therapy. It just matters how often is what's going on in their life. So if everything's stable, it's once a month. If things are not stable, it's once a week. And, In agriculture, we don't have that same mentality. You're right. So a lot of (laughs) a lot of what I write in my book is this reluctancy to not only talk about mental health, but act on it and improve it. And this is what you're talking about. It is a cultural shift. And so there are so many people, like you said, that are reluctant to I won't even say medication. I will say the first step is to even just go get help. So there's reluctancy there to ask for help. And we know with ranchers and farmers that if they are hurt, even in medical emergencies, sometimes they're, they don't want to go to the doctor for even a physical ailment. So um, it's really hard to convince them to go for a mental health problem because well, first, the culture is we're tough and, you know, it makes us uh, vulnerable that we have to admit that we need help, um, which shouldn't be the case. Um, we're still dealing with that. But also, um, you know, I, I don't want to ask for help and I don't need help. And so we hear that all the time. It's really, really hard to convince people otherwise. I will say that, you know, medication is something that can help. and. I have used it on my path when I've needed it, but I will also say that there are other avenues too. And so in my book, I write a lot about what things you can be doing from home. If you are struggling, there are a ton of things you can be doing from home. I do want people to know that they can ask for help whenever they want, but if you're not asking for help at the very, very basic level needs, that you have, you should be doing something for yourself at home. So exercise and nutrition and making sure you get enough sleep and making sure you are talking about all of the things that are bothering you if you need to have tough conversations. So I think that 
you're right, there's reluctancy there, but I also think that things are changing and it's going to take some time. I don't think it's going to, we're not going to flip a switch and, and everyone will be going to counseling and everybody will be going to get help if they need it. I think that it's just going to take some time and um, it's going to take some people modeling doing that. And so, um, I mean, I'm happy to be one of them. I'm modeling what what dealing with mental health is like living uh, rurally and on the farm. And and uh, I will say it's not easy. We can't access certain things out here. And when you're isolated, it is harder. Uh, I, I will absolutely admit that. But there's no need for us to sit and struggle. So if there are things that we can be doing, we should be doing them. And so A lot of my book is what can we be doing if we're isolated? What can we be doing if we're in a rural area where we don't have a lot of resources that will help our mental health? And what can we get going on to do that? We talked a little bit about some of the ways we can avoid contact during COVID. But one of the things that has been really nice is telemed. And that has allowed us to meet with people from the comforts of our own home, especially if you have internet. And that really frees up a lot of responsibility or pressure to get into town to drive a couple hours to see a specialist or even in some of these smaller communities, they may not have the specialty needed. And so I think that telemed does allow us to connect with people that we haven't been able to connect with before because we lived so rural. But one thing you talked about is lifestyle changes and things we can do in our own home. And you talked about exercise and nutrition. And immediately when we're in a busy season on the ranch, those are the first two things to go. And it's often because it's not habits yet. And I just want to remind all of you who are raising children that we have the ability to be the change that we wish our family's operation had. And I think it's Rachel Cruz. I think it's. Dave Ramsey's crew who said, you know, that more is caught than taught. And so little changes that we do in our families' systems and processes will have generational impact on mental health. Things such as, you know, having fresh veggies that are cut up and easy to access, encouraging water, you know, first thing in the morning, like avoiding pop, not buying soda, not buying chips. I mean, all of that, right? It's easy to say, but just the habits that we do and you talk a lot about, it's something we have the ability to to help shape the next generation. And I hope people realize that it's not too late. They can absolutely do that, impact their kids or their grandkids or even their spouse or their, you know, family who's on the operation. Like it's a snowball effect. It is. It is so important. Modeling it for others really can make a huge, huge difference. I was on a health journey for my own health. And and it was because I was dealing with anxiety that I started really working out. And it has continued as a daily habit. I always will work out now for the rest of my life. But when I started my journey, It was something I really had to work at and I didn't have anyone to support me. I was doing it alone. But over time, my husband started joining me on runs. And so you're right. Like if you model something, 
um, somebody will see it and maybe they'll try it or they'll do it. And now I find my kids are going to go have a workout. I don't have to ask them. Sometimes, you know, my daughter will just decide she's going to go have a workout while she's watching mom do it and she's watching dad do it. So you're right. Those things will absolutely turn into generational changes, which is fantastic. I mean, we have the ability to help the next generation be healthy. So why wouldn't we do it? So you're right. I mean, do it for yourself first. Absolutely. But over time, you are going to be doing it for the next generation. You're teaching the next generation exactly how to take care of themselves. And so that's a great thing. person that likes to write everything down? We've created the Calvin U Planner for ranch wives, mothers, and daughters who are looking for the perfect place to capture all of their thoughts throughout the year. Our planner is packed full of tools to help you learn more about ranching, working with others, and knowing yourself. Don't worry about the year already starting. We've included blank calendar pages so you can start when you're ready. Grab yours today at cattlemanulive.com backslash planner. What do you wish that rural America knew about mental health? I wish rural America and Canada and anywhere um, would understand that we are all so much alike, more than we are different. I mean, it's easy to kind of look at the differences, but we all have this thing called mental health. We all experience, you know, down days and good days and the kind of ebb and flow of what mental health is. It is just something that everyone experiences. And so we talk about it like it's um, something kind of extraordinary. Well, it's not extraordinary. Mental health is the same thing everyone deals with. Physical health, everyone deals with mental health. And so I really just want to see people having honest, vulnerable, authentic conversations and know that they don't have to hide anything. That's, that's not how we grow connections and grow community by hiding stuff. We have to be vulnerable with each other. And, and that truly is the way to better everyone's mental health. Yeah, I apologize. Rural America just rolls off the tongue, but you are in Canada and it's all the same. Um, And we're very close to the Canadian border. But I think you're right. And I think for some reason, we have a negative connotation on mental health. And mental health is not a positive or negative. We talk about it. I mean, I'm just as guilty as it being a negative, but it is a neutral term. and we're just looking at the health of your, you know, the mental health, but it just, it's not positive or negative. And so when I think if we can view it that way, it's going to make it easier for it to come up in conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, if you were on the ranch and you broke your arm here in town, somebody's going to say, Oh, what happened? Oh, I broke my arm. Well, if you, you know, were having a struggle or we're dealing with anxiety or depression and you were in town, I mean, you should equally have the opportunity to speak with somebody about how you're feeling and yeah, maybe they won't notice that something's wrong, but having the conversation might 
be equally as important for you and for them. And so, yeah, I think that you're right. Like lots of times we just have kind of this negative about it. And and that's where I kind of think the guilt and the shame come in, but there's absolutely nothing to hide. We all are important. We all deserve caring and attention. And um, so I think that, yeah, like I said, that authenticity is kind of what's needed more than anything for connection. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about your book and a little bit more about your book and where people can find it. And I know you do some speaking and some other things. So kind of tell me what what you all do and how people can connect with you. Sure. So my book is called Rooted, How I Stay Small Town Strong When Life Gets Hard and How You Can Too. So it is a memoir and a self-help kind of hybrid. So it tells my story about struggling with depression and anxiety on the farm, but it also talks about a lot of tips. So I walk people through my own journey and give them kind of what I experienced and then the help that I found. So I spent a lot of time accumulating some tips and things that helped me. And so I just, I thought it was a really great thing to put it down on paper and share it with people because um, if I was struggling, I knew other people probably were too. And I had a lot of knowledge. So uh, I wrote this book to help people who kind of feel like they are isolated. I mean, you don't have to live on a ranch. You don't have to live on a farm. You can just live in a small town and not have access to resources. And you'll probably relate to a lot of the stories that I talked about in my book. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of comedy in there. A lot of people will giggle at the things that they kind of relate to, but there's a lot of really like tough stuff in there too, to sit down and like really think about. So it'll make readers laugh. Um, it'll make them cry probably too, but uh, hopefully it makes them feel, which is the most important thing. We need to feel emotions and that's kind of the best thing for our mental health. Um, so my book Rooted is available at LlewellynMelnick.com, which is my website. You can also find it on Amazon. It is available in paperback, hardcover, ebook, and just released my audiobook this week. So if you're too busy to do some reading, but you're on the ranch and need something to listen to, um, that's an easy way to, to do it. Perfect. We'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes. And thank you for your time today. Again, this is a conversation that we keep having in agriculture. And until we have that cultural shift, we are going to continue to talk about it. Well, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out, you can visit my website and connect with me there. Absolutely. We'll put, like I said, we'll put all that in the show notes, but please reach out and check out her book and let's see how we can be part of the change we want to see. Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water it.